If you're a night owl looking for a great job, Walmart is hiring overnight shift workers. Pay starts at $14.50 to $15.50 per hour, and you'll earn great benefits, including 6% 401k match, $1 a day college, time off when you need it, and discounts and savings. Other opportunities are also available with varying pay rates for daytime shifts. Text 240 to 240 to apply with Walmart today. Again, all you have to do is text 240 to the number 240 to apply. Welcome to The Sports Angle, live on AMP TV, double AMP TV. Big welcome to everyone listening on CBS Sports, KSIX, Astros, Rockets, Texans Radio Network, as well as Magic 97.9 FM in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco. Let's get into it. We are here with Guy Dawson from Classy Communications. Welcome back to the show. Good to see you, man. Rocco, ex- really excited to talk about sports today. There's a lot going on out there. There is a lot going on, and, you know, having sports and talking about that will be a nice distraction for everything that's going on right now. And, you know, speaking of a distraction, we've all been in this type of situation where you are looking at the TV screen. All right, it could be a baseball game, basketball game, hockey game, but for right now, we're going to focus on football. You're watching a football game, and you'll hear the announcer say a name. Like, you'll hear them say, now in quarterback is this guy. And your ears will immediately perk up, and you'll just go, wait, that guy plays for that team now? Like, it'll always be those situations where it'll be a random player that really came out of nowhere that you have completely forgotten that they play for that team. Like, regardless of how many times you see it, you are so accustomed to having them play for one team that it just doesn't feel right. You know, it's just, it's not really normal for them to play in that uniform, to have those colors on uh, with their jersey scheme. And Tom Brady, I believe, is the main prime example of this. All right, the older generation will say Joe Montana, but the current generation is going to say Tom Brady. All right, Tom Brady for 20 years was part of the New England Patriots dynasty. All right, him being with that Patriots blue, him being in that 12 jersey, him having the Patriots, you know, that silver helmet on his head. You know, it was an iconic photo. People thought they were never not going to see that. And then he signs for with Tampa Bay, and it has been a couple of games in, but it just doesn't feel right. You know, it just doesn't seem normal for Tom Brady to be in the red uh, Buccaneers jersey, for him to have, you know, that, you know, silver metallic type of helmet that Tampa Bay uses. And I have to ask, with Tom Brady, is it is it normal for you yet to see him be in a Tampa Bay jersey or or after two plus decades of seeing him in New England when you think of Tom Brady do you still think of him as a patriot or has enough time passed 
that you go, oh, yeah, now he plays in Tampa Bay. Now it is Tampa Bay, as some people have called it. You know, one thing, Rocco, it's been kind of surprising to me. I know exactly what you're talking about when you've got these iconic uh, athletes that are so tied to their franchises. But for me, it's been pretty easy to see Tom Brady, even though he had played for the Patriots for so many years. Because he's playing at such a high level, it's been really easy to see me, for me, seeing him in that Tampa Bay uniform. And that's been a lot different than it's been with some of these other quarterbacks uh, over the course of my life that I have seen who have gone from one franchise to another. I mean, I can remember back in the 70s uh, when I was a little kid and Joe Namath had been playing for the Jets his whole career. Of course, Joe Namath is known for uh, that incredible Super Bowl that he won. 1968 he was basically an icon in new york and the last of his career he played for the la rams and i knew that because i was growing up in la at that time that seemed really weird but there again joe namath was on the other side of his career i mean he didn't do very much in la where as with tom brady this guy is at the top of his game at 43 years old and so for me, I'm just really admiring the excellence uh, of Tom Brady and the fact that he's in this Tampa Bay uh, uniform. I felt like he was really getting a bad rap. I think Bill uh, Bilicek never really appreciated Tom Brady, in my opinion, uh, to the extent that he should have. And that's part of the reason why Tom Brady decided to leave after having such a long career there. So me personally, seeing him in another uniform, it being Tampa Bay, I think a lot of it is because he is playing so well and his team is doing so well. Now they go out there and they get a B. I mean, you're looking at this guy's got the potential to go to another team at 43 years old and go to the Super Bowl in his first season with this other team this is a phenomena that we've not seen or that i could ever recall in the years i've been watching football i know uh, with joe montana when he went to kansas city again he was at, in the twilight of his career and he didn't do a lot i mean he was a, still a, one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl but he was nothing like he was when he played for the niners all those years when they were winning those super bowls but for me personally for some reason he seems really comfortable in playing in Tampa Bay, and I'm just I'm enjoying watching him. I've always been, been a big fan of Tom Brady. Tom Brady is an exceptional talent, and doing what he's doing in Tampa Bay is neat, and it's awesome to see. But continuing with the theme as we're talking about the NFL here on the Sports Angle with Guy Dawson from Classic Communications, yeah, talking about quarterbacks that have changed you know, their jerseys. They've gone from one team to the next. Uh, you brought up Joe Namath. And it's kind of similar to a quarterback that did had some form of success but was really never talked about in the same light. And that's Joe Flacco. I mean, Joe Flacco had been with the Baltimore Ravens for a decade. And when he turned on the Baltimore Ravens for that time period, you were used to seeing that number five, right? You were used to seeing Joe Flacco with those check down passes to the tight end. You were used to seeing Joe Flacco, you know, be the leader of the Baltimore Ravens. And then to see him play for the Denver Broncos, it just didn't seem normal. Like, even though Joe Flacco isn't anywhere near 
similar to what Tom Brady is in terms of Hall of Fame material. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl for the Baltimore Ravens. So to see him be with Denver Broncos last year, it was kind of a hard sight to see. You know, it was really, you know, abnormal to have, you know, Joe Flacco be in that orange crush with the Denver Broncos. Is there another example that you can think of of like a quarterback that changed teams from one to the next that was an iconic quarterback for one team and then was forced to play somewhere else and you just shook your head going, wait, he plays for that team now? Yeah, it was definitely uh, Brett Favre when he left Green Bay and he went to uh, Minnesota as Aaron Rodgers started to emerge as a quarterback. And, you know, Green Bay really needed to do that. They had a quarterback that they saw on the bench who had a lot of potential. I would imagine that Brett Favre had mentored Aaron Rodgers a lot, and they finally got to that point where Aaron, um, Brett Favre was up in his 40s. And uh, even though he was really at the top of his game, too, at the time when they actually uh, let him go and he ended up in Minnesota, uh, I just felt like it was more them wanting to bring Aaron Rodgers along, the emergence of Aaron Rodgers. They could see the potential in him, and that was what motivated them to let uh, Favre go. And then when he went to Minnesota, he actually had, I know, at least one really good season in Minnesota. Uh, where he was, uh, I think it was his first season there. They went to the playoffs and they were really successful. They had one of the best records, actually, that they ever had. But for me, to see Brett Favre in a Minnesota jersey, Minnesota, by the way, competing in the same conference and division uh, as Green Bay, I thought that was really odd. And uh, he'll always be a Green Bay Packer to me, although, again, later in his career, you see this with these athletes a lot of times is that they still feel that burning desire to compete and they want to go and play in these other cities. Uh, and usually they're not nearly as successful in these other cities. And that's what stands out so much uh, with Tom Brady. It's just, this is a phenomena uh, with what he's doing, but that would be the, the other one that was, that was shocking to me to see that far. Not only would he leave green Bay, but that he would go play for Minnesota, a team in his own division. That, that was shocking to me. Yeah, swapping divisions, going from Green Bay to Minnesota. And speaking of swapping in the same division, this happened in the early 2000s. And I remember this vividly because of the fact that, you know, he was a former New England Patriot. He was a guy that played, you know, before Tom Brady was there. And that was Drew Bledsoe. You know, a lot of people forget that Drew Bledsoe played for the division rival Buffalo Bills after he left New England and me growing up playing the old school Maddens and me playing, you know, Madden 2004 and with, with Michael Vick on the cover. I mean, Drew Bledsoe being a Buffalo Bill is something I'm always going to remember. So when he went to Dallas Cowboys out of all teams after that, it was one of those situations where it just shook my head and I was just wondering, all right, why is he there now? Like, has there ever been that example very quickly where you've had one quarterback who went to one team for like one season and you absolutely forgot they were still in the NFL? Because that was Drew Bledsoe of the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just thinking the same thing. That's that's the classic example of Drew Bledsoe kind of uh, right place, the uh, right guy 
or in the wrong place. That's what happened in New England. And I thought Drew Bledsoe was a top tier quarterback, just wasn't uh, wasn't at that level to take uh, New England where they needed to go. And yeah, I think he's the best example. Absolutely. We're going to stay with our NFL conversation here on the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is an urgent health notice for all residents suffering from back pain. You may qualify for a pain-relieving back brace covered by Medicare. Simply call the Health Alert Hotline now. The Health Alert Hotline is your back brace company. These specialized braces have been thoroughly tested for pain relief. Call us toll-free right now to determine your eligibility. Don't wait. The deadline is fast approaching. The call just takes a few minutes, and we will handle all of the Medicare paperwork. Back braces have helped thousands of people just like you get relief from their back pain and return to living their lives to the fullest, enjoying activities they thought they might never be able to experience again. Find out if you're eligible to receive a pain-relieving back brace. Make sure to have your Medicare card ready when you call. Call us right now. 800-223-7902. That's 800-223-7902. AMP, the multi-format network, is here to help create, produce, distribute, and sell your content. For more information, send a message to info at aamp.tv. That's info at aamp.tv. Are you a small business owner or pursuing the dream of starting your own company? Do you know where to start or how to grow that existing business? The American Business Trust Company has the answers you need. The American Business Trust Company can help you with startup capital, business strategy, sales and marketing, and establishing your company with a physical location or on the internet. You decide. You bring the idea. The American Business Trust Company can help with the rest. For a free evaluation, you may visit them online at abtrustco.com. That's A-B-T-R-U-S-T-C-O.com or call them at 657-600-1876. That's the American Business Trust Company, 657-600-1876. Call them today. They can help your business right away. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing, and you always need to be sticking your fingers. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. You simply apply a discreet, easy-to-use sensor on your body, and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger pricks. If you test your blood sugar at least four times per day and inject insulin at least three times per day or use an insulin pump and have private insurance or Medicare, you might be eligible for a CGM with little or no cost to you. Call U.S. Medical Supply today for a free benefits check. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill Medicare or your insurance directly. Call now and say goodbye to finger pricks. 800-854-3183. 800 3183 That's 800-854-3183. Welcome back to The Sports Angle. 
live on AMP TV, double AMP TV. Big welcome to everyone listening on CBS Sports, KSIX, Astros, Rockets, Texans Radio Network, as well as Magic 97.9 FM in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco. Let's get back into it. We are here with Guy Dawson from Classy Communications. Before we ended the last segment, we talked about you know Drew Bledsoe. We talked about Tom Brady. Obviously, there is the New England Patriots connection there. And Cam Newton has been the guy this season. You know, he's been their starting quarterback. There's been ups. There's been downs. But there hasn't really been a future mindset for New England. You know, it doesn't really seem like New England has a solid, solidified quarterback for the next five years. When it comes to Cam Newton, is he another example of what we talked about in the first segment of a quarterback that, you know, they played for a team for so many years. You know, they had accolades, they had trophies, they had awards. And now they're with a new team, and it's kind of like, all right, I know you're there, but at the same time, you're not that guy that you were in Carolina. You're not that superstar you were at the beginning of your career. I mean, could that be the situation that's going on with Cam Newton right now? Or is it a system thing? Is it the fact that he's being brought into a system that was completely different than the Ron Rivera system he had in Carolina? Like, what's going on with Cam Newton and New England? I do. I think it's a combination of things when it comes to Cam Newton. Yes, I think that Cam Newton and uh, Ron Rivera did have a chemistry there uh, in uh, Carolina. And I think that that Cam Newton is kind of like Brady, kind of like Brady and Belichick, where they really had a great partnership. Uh, for a lot of years. The one thing about Cam, though, Cam's been struggling with injuries for about the last four seasons. And uh, I think one of the problems that Cam is having, and I never thought that I would see that in Cam Newton. I mean, I've been watching him since he was a, a All-American and he was a number one pick out of Auburn. I mean, the guy had an unbelievable amount of confidence and uh, what I'm seeing in New England is he just doesn't seem to have the confidence. I don't know if it's if he's having challenges with grasping the system. Uh, originally, when he went to New England, I thought that that was a great pickup. On when you think of the skill set that Cam Newton has, uh, the fact that he has the ability to be both a conventional quarterback and also one who runs, I figured that that conventional mindset that he had would fit in really well with what they're doing in New England. And uh, it just seemed like it would be a good fit. It, it, uh, he's a smart guy. I figured he'd pick up on Belichick's system. Um, but for whatever reason, and I'm thinking it's more confidence uh, than any, he just does not look confident out there as a quarterback. And he's one of those guys who really thrives on confidence. He's really emotional guy. And uh, I think that when a really emotional guy like that has trouble with their confidence, it can be very detrimental uh, to how they're playing. And so, yeah, I, I, I expected Cam to be performing a lot better in New England than he is. But New England's got a lot of problems beyond the quarterback position. When you look at the, a lot of the challenges that Tom Brady was having, you don't have good receivers. And uh, they, tend, they continue to not 
have good receiving cores uh, there in New England. And if you, you got a top tier quarterback like a Cam Newton or a Tom Brady, but they don't have people to throw to, you know, how can you blame them for that? And we're really seeing that with what Brady is doing over in Tampa Bay with these great receivers, he's having this resurgence in his career. So there's a combination of factors, but something definitely is Cam Newton just doesn't seem to have the confidence. That fumble late in the game uh, was just believable. I mean, Cam Newton just doesn't do things like that. And so it's, yeah, I think it's a combination of things, and I don't know how well that's going to work out over there. We focused on systems, and we've talked about you know, all right, this guy is really good in this system or this guy really didn't develop in that system as we're talking about the this on the sports angle with Guy Dawson from Classic Communications. And just, just to give a historical example of two quarterbacks, one that thrived being in a different system and one quarterback that faltered going to a different system. Uh, Jake Plummer is a name from the past. You know, played with the Arizona Cardinals, was a really good quarterback back in the late 90s, early 2000s. He left the Arizona Cardinals, which was, you know, mediocre, an average team back then, goes to Denver Broncos as kind of a replacement for John Elway. And Jake Plummer leads them to like an AFC championship game one year. He led them to the playoffs multiple years. He did really well in Denver as he went from one system to the next, as uh, an opposite of that was Michael Vick. I mean, Michael Vick, when he played for um, Reeves, when he played for him and with the Atlanta Falcons, he had a great system there. You know, he was able to play his style of the game. And then he had the situation, which we all know about. We don't have to go into detail. And then he goes and he plays for the New York Jets, and that system wasn't really as well designed for him as it was for the Atlanta Falcons. So when you've had players like Michael Vick and you've had players like Jake Plummer that were polar opposites, one that went somewhere and thrived and one that faltered when they went to a different system, is there a present-day example of a quarterback who left a system and went someplace else and was successful there. And then a quarterback that was great in one system and then left and signed someplace else, and they just bombed. You know, they were a box office failure. Hmm, that's kind of hard. Well, I mean, the most modern that I can think of is with Peyton Manning. You know, all those years that he played in uh, Indianapolis. So he was a a all pro quarterback. I mean, legendary quarterback playing for uh, Indianapolis uh, for many, many seasons. Of course, he had those injuries and Indianapolis kind of gave up on him. Then they went out and drafted Andrew Luck. Uh, and uh, from there, they uh, he ended up in in Denver. His skills were pretty diminished at that point, but he actually ended up winning a Super Bowl um, playing with Denver, thriving in a completely different system. He's another person that never quite looked right for me in a Denver jersey, although he did have some great success playing for Denver and they won that Super Bowl. Uh, and so that's, uh, that is a, an, an example from that perspective. Now, in terms of a quarterback who ended up being a bust, in another system, I think Vic 
Vic is one of the classic examples of that. I, I mean, no one else has really come into mind. Maybe you could think of someone when you give your angle here in a second. But I agree with you. I felt there were two systems that Michael Vick thrived in. One was in Atlanta and one was in Philadelphia uh, when he was playing for Andy Reid in Philadelphia. And then, of course, he had that situation that he, um, you know, he went away for a while and he came back. And uh, But when he ended up with the Jets, there's a lack of uh, – yeah, he had a hard, a lot of trouble protecting the ball when he was in with the Jets, fumbled a lot. And so, yes, I definitely think that certain quarterbacks are designed for certain systems. It's not just the amount of talent that you have. You figure any quarterback who is at the level of playing in the NFL has an enormous amount of talent. Um, but if they are, if you are a, a conventional quarterback and they put you in a system that's designed for a quarterback that, that runs, I mean, it's a recipe for failure. And you would think that front offices would make the right choices, right, when they're putting deals together, when they're signing free agents. But it's surprising sometimes the way that they don't. And it's, uh, you know, being in business, um, I, I look at sports a lot from business perspective and, um, and also being a huge sports fan at the same time. And so it kind of makes me wonder the general managers or the people that are making decisions on who, uh, who you bring into your, your team, you know, how thorough is the research or do you try to put a round peg into a square hole? Uh, and you see that in football and in other sports sometimes. It's really, really interesting to see how um, even these very sophisticated, wealthy, multi-billion dollar corporations uh, make some very fundamental mistakes sometimes in the way they prospect and hire. And again, I'm talking more business jargon here uh, than sports, but it really ties in together. Well, we talk about modern and the quarterbacks that immediately come to my mind uh, quarterbacks in the modern era that went from one system, transferred someplace else, and then became successful there. You know, not being biased here, but Jay Cutler, you know, he got a lot of hate when he was in Chicago, but I always defended him because he was a good quarterback for the system that the Bears had. All right, he wasn't flashy. He wasn't going to be this quarterback. That was going to go, you know, 45 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. That's not what Jay Cutler was there for. Jay Cutler, his entire job was to keep the defense off the field. Jay Cutler, when he went from Denver to Chicago, was a great move by Chicago Bears because they got a quarterback who was able to keep the defense off the field, let them, you know, recharge their batteries, get their energy back, and then let the defense take care of the ball. And he got a lot of flack for the win-loss record, considering the fact that the Bears were in a rebuild for a good portion of him being in Chicago. But he was a good example of that. And also, as well, just so happened to be Drew Brees. This is The Sports Angle. I'm your host, I'm your host Rocco. We'll be right back.
Attention business owners, you and your customers are listening to this commercial right now. Face it, every business needs customers, even yours. The Sports Circus is a primetime nationally syndicated program that's carried on ABC, NBC, CNBC, and Westwood One News affiliates, plus CBS, Fox, and NBC sports affiliates across North America with coverage from Hawaii to New York. Also, the Sports Circus is available to the 180 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, and the Sports Circus gets about 4 million website visitors per month, which could click through your website and bring sales. The Sports Circus provides great content featuring celebrity guests from sports and entertainment to our audience every weekday, which your company could greatly benefit from by increasing your visibility, foot traffic, eyeballs to your website, and calls from potential customers. Call us right now at 702-799-9935. Again, 702-799-9935. Or email us at info at thesportscircus.com. That's info at thesportscircus.com. Drive your sales today by advertising with the Sports Circus. So, you want to be in show business. Do people tell you that you're really funny, you have a great personality, and you should have your own talk show? Many of us have been told that, but we don't know how to get started. It's easier than you think. Let the pros at Cali Vegas give you a free talent evaluation. Call 949-445-1119 and learn how quickly you can create, produce, and host your very own talk show. Imagine not having to sit in traffic every day, commuting back and forth to the same old boring job. Get started in television or radio today with your free talent evaluation from Cali Vegas. Call 949-445-1119 or visit them online at calivegas.com. Make your dream come true today and create your new career and learn how to become a television or radio star with the help of Cali Vegas. 949-445-1119. Call now. This is a time-sensitive message from the Back Pain Relief Hotline. Millions of people across the nation are suffering from back pain. Are you? Are you on Medicare? Is it hard to walk, to bend over, or even do simple things? Well, we have great news. If you're on Medicare, you could qualify to receive a pain-relieving back brace. We'll handle all the Medicare paperwork if you qualify and ship your new back brace right to your door. Make sure you have your Medicare card ready and please call. Call us right now and get all the details. It only takes a few minutes. Imagine doing everything you used to do before your back pain. With your Medicare card ready, call the Back Pain Relief Hotline today. Call now. 800-223-7902. Life is better in flip-flops and with cash from Plato's Closet. You know you have way too many summer styles. So sell your shorts, tees, sunglasses, flip-flops, and more. Plato's Closet is paying cash on the spot for gently used summer clothing, shoes, and accessories for guys and girls. We know you live for sunny days, and you have the closet to prove it. Earn cash for your summer styles at Plato's Closet. Plato's Closet is now hiring. Find us in Fairfax in the Greenbrier Shopping Center and in Manassas at the shops at Signal Hill. (sighs) The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. 
800-223-7902. Paid for by the Health Alert Hotline. Welcome back to The Sports Angle, live on AMP TV, double A-M-P TV. Big welcome to everyone listening on CBS Sports, KSIX, Astros, Rockets, Texans Radio Network, as well as Magic 97.9 FM in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco. Let's get back into it. We are here with Guy Dawson from Classy Communications. The NFL has had a generational shift, and we have always observed on the offensive side how, you know, it used to be a running dominant league in the 50s and 60s. In the 70s and 80s, you started to see somewhat of a passing renaissance, and how in the 80s you had guys like Elway, guys like Marino, you know, quarterbacks that were going, you know, multiple times a game, you know, going down the field. And then in the 90s and 2000s, it became like a 60-40 split where, you know, you would run 60% and pass 40% or you would pass 60% run 40%. But we talked about this on a recent show that the running game now has become 75-25 or the passing game has become 75-25. There isn't really a balance now when it comes to an offense. There isn't that balanced offense. But I also wondered about the defense as well. Like, you know, when it comes to defenses, we saw back in the 50s and 60s that, you know, you would have those, you know, run-heavy defenses because that is what the game was on offense. You know, they would run the ball, so you would get a lot of these hard-hitting Safeties, these hard-hitting linebackers, these hard-hitting defensive tackles that weighed 400 pounds that would, you know, just fall on top of you and, you know, you would be able to breathe for a couple of minutes. You know, and then the 70s and 80s, you saw with, you know, the Bears and the Steelers that it kind of evolved to where, you know, you had to have that physicality because you wouldn't survive if you didn't. You know, if you didn't have that physicality on that one side of the ball, if you didn't strike fear and intimidation into your opponent, you were not going to win. Uh, 90s and 2000s, you started to see a faster approach to defense. You saw more of these more explosive linebackers. You saw these defensive ends that were able to, you know, quickly get past the tackles, you know, use their quickness and agility. You also got to see less of those hard-hitting safeties and more of those, you know, interception-first, you know, pass-swatting defensive backs. But now in the modern era of the NFL, it's hard to explain a defense as clear as I just did for those generations. You know, it's hard to fully explain what the defensive backs do now in the NFL. Are they there to just protect uh, the 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 wide receivers from getting touches? Are they there to tackle the running back if he gets into open space? 
Are they there as a smoke screen so that the quarterback forces to forces them to make a bad throw? I mean, there's all these different details that go into the NFL now. Like, is there any way to actually recap a modern-day NFL defense like I did for the past generations? Is there anything simple you can come up with? I think it's really, Rocco, a blending of the some of the things that you just talked about a second ago. So you were talking about how uh, the schemes in the 80s, you had these defenses like the Chicago Bears uh, were legendary defensive schemes. Uh, and that was what made them so successful, along with having Walter Payton running the ball all the time. So you schemes you were that was a very scheme heavy era in football and then you talked about the early 2000s being much more speed and agility oriented and what i'm seeing in 2020 is kind of a blending of those uh, two things so you've got athletes are number one the physicality and the the speed of athletes in 2020 is just phenomenal I mean, when you look at the size of these linebackers, these tackles, uh, not so much the cornerbacks. Uh, cornerbacks always tend to be smaller in terms of the athletics, but the speed to be able to keep up with these wide receivers because athletes are continuing to get faster all the time. So I feel like the game definitely reflects that it's much faster than it was in the 90s or even in the 80s. Uh, but I think that the defensive schemes, and I think you touched on that a second ago when you were talking about coverages and the way that um, cornerbacks and safeties position themselves with different tasks than they may uh, have in the past. You had a lot of one-on-one -on -one coverage in a lot of the defenses uh, in the past, and I see a lot of zone coverages, and that I think that speaks to what I was saying, which is your schemes and the, the speed and the size of these athletes, I feel that that's modern day football. It's a combination of the two uh, that's making uh, basically this is a it's a very defensive oriented era. I feel it's just a lot different because you've got the blending of the two. It's like the best of both worlds. Uh, in my opinion, I love watching modern uh, the modern NFL because you've got that you've the sophistication of the schemes continues to increase. Uh, with the technology and the coaching that goes along with that. But you've also got these superior athletes that just get better and better and better. And it's, it's making for uh, offensive oriented teams have to figure out ways to beat these defensive schemes. So I feel like this is a really an excellent, incredible era in the NFL uh, from the perspective of defense. Now, we're talking about the NFL. We're talking about how the defenses have gone through a generational gap, similar to what the offensive did uh, in the NFL. We're talking about this with Guy Dawson from Classy Communications. There has been one alarming uh, situation that has been going on with defenses in the NFL, something that has been driving the older generation of NFL fans insane. Something that even former NFL players have even said is the worst aspect about the modern day defense. And that is the fact that, you know, tackling isn't really the, you know, traditional fundamental tackling that you were taught when you were in Pop Warner. You know, you're not really being taught the proper way to tackle 
like you are taught in high school and the way that they preach in college. You know, the modern way, the traditional way that you're supposed to tackle is that you're supposed to go shoulder first. You're supposed to wrap them up and that and you're supposed to get them to the ground. You know, that is the fundamental way to tackle somebody. But we saw, once again, a generational gap. We saw that the fundamentals were there in the beginning of the NFL. But starting around the 60s and 70s, you saw players using the crown of their helmet to their advantage. You would see players pretty much just body slam the running back to the ground. They didn't care about their well-being. In the 80s and 90s, you saw those violent hits to the head because there was no uh, violations. There was no punishment if you hit someone in the head. You know, it wasn't really a problem back then. But then in the 2000s, 2010s, we saw, you know, the light of concussions. And we saw what the impact of CTE. And because of the NFL getting a lawsuit from all of these former NFL players due to health problems, the NFL has been trying as hard as they can to limit helmet-to-helmet hits. You'll see players get ejected from a game, even if it's accidental. Even if the player did not mean to do it, and it was just, you know, a bang-bang play, that player will get ejected because it was a helmet-to-helmet. So if you're not allowed to hit up top, and the traditional, the fundamental way of tackling, which is aim for their, you know, get your shoulder, get into their chest, and wrap them up, that really has gone away in the modern-day NFL. So what we're seeing now are players go for well, if I can't aim high and I'm not really going to be able to go into the, my middle, well, I got to aim low. I got to go for their ankles. I have to go knee first. I have to take the my helmet and I pretty much have to aim as low as I can and trip them up. Well, what we have seen with the NFL, which has been alarming, is that over the past couple of years, there has been a 130% increase in torn ACLs. There has been so many injuries involving your ankles, your knees, your ACLs, your PCLs. There are so many injuries now that are involving the legs that is actually become a alarming statistic in the NFL. So let me ask you and everyone who's listening right now, Is this a problem that the NFL eventually has to address? The fact that because they are limiting where these NFL players can tackle and they're limiting their targeting targeting zone, is that the reason why you're seeing players, you know, just aim just aim low? I just put your head low. Is that the is there a reason why the NFL is going this route? I think you're definitely going to see some kind of an adjustment in the rules. Uh, If the outbreak of ACLs, as you mentioned, has been that widespread, um, you know, the NFL needs their players. And so I would say if that becomes something that is truly causing uh, uh, them to lose uh, in terms of their players and their most valuable property uh, is the players in the NFL. I would say definitely there's going to be some kind of adjustment uh, to the rules that starts to protect the players. Is that the sports angle? I'm your host, Rocco. We're here with Guy Dawson from Classic Communications. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
AMP, the multi-format network, is here to help create, produce, distribute, and sell your content. For more information, send a message to info at aamp.tv. That's info at aamp.tv. Are you a small business owner or pursuing the dream of starting your own company? Do you know where to start or how to grow that existing business? The American Business Trust Company has the answers you need. The American Business Trust Company can help you with startup capital, business strategy, sales and marketing, and establishing your company with a physical location or on the internet. You decide. You bring the idea. The American Business Trust Company can help with the rest. For a free evaluation, you may visit them online at abtrustco.com. That's A-B-T-R-U-S-T-C-O.com or call them at 657-600-1876. That's the American Business Trust Company, 657-600-1876. Call them today. They can help your business right away. This is an urgent health notice for all residents suffering from back pain. You may qualify for a pain-relieving back brace covered by Medicare. Simply call the Health Alert Hotline now. The Health Alert Hotline is your back brace company. These specialized braces have been thoroughly tested for pain relief. Call us toll-free right now to determine your eligibility. Don't wait. The deadline is fast approaching. The call just takes a few minutes, and we will handle all of the Medicare paperwork. Back braces have helped thousands of people just like you get relief from their back pain and return to living their lives to the fullest, enjoying activities they thought they might never be able to experience again. Find out if you're eligible to receive a pain-relieving back brace. Make sure to have your Medicare card ready when you call. Call us right now. 800-223-7902. That's 800-223-7902. Attention business owners, you and your customers are listening to this commercial right now. Face it, every business needs customers, even yours. The Sports Circus is a primetime nationally syndicated program that's carried on ABC, NBC, CNBC, and Westwood One News affiliates, plus CBS, Fox, and NBC sports affiliates across North America, with coverage from Hawaii to New York. Also, the Sports Circus is available to the 180 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, and the Sports Circus gets about 4 million website visitors per month, which could click through your website and bring sales. The Sports Circus provides great content featuring celebrity guests from sports and entertainment to our audience every weekday, which your company could greatly benefit from by increasing your visibility, foot traffic, eyeballs to your website, and calls from potential customers. Call us right now at 702-799-9935. Again, 702-799-9935. Or email us at info at thesportscircus.com. That's info at thesportscircus.com. Drive your sales today by advertising with the Sports Circus. Welcome back to The Sports Angle, live on AMP TV, double AMP TV. Big welcome to everyone listening on CBS Sports, KSIX, Astros, Rockets, Texans Radio Network, as well as Magic 97.9 FM in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco. Let's get back into it. I'm your. Uh, we're here with Guy Dawson from Classy Communications. Sports betting has been part of sports really since sports was created in itself. 
I mean, you can find traces of sports betting back to like the World Series back in the 1910s, uh, NFL championship games of the 1920s. I mean, we've all heard about horse racing, how popular sports betting was doing horse races back in, you know, the 1910s, 1920s, even 1940s, all the way up to that point. I mean, there was boxing matches that would take place on Navy bases that would have betting attached to it. I mean, sports betting has been around for 100-plus years. But yet, I feel like most people don't completely 100% understand how massive sports betting has become, how a billion-dollar industry sports betting has taken place. Like, for example, the global value of just online betting. Like, Just get this. Just online betting, not overall, is $46 billion just for online betting. Now, we've all heard about websites, and I'm not going to say them because then they would have to pay me. But when it comes to those websites that have those billions and billions of dollars when it comes to that global revenue, I have to ask, is there a reason why sports betting online has become so popular, that it has become a global value of $46 billion in terms of online betting? Is there a reason for it? Well, I know, Rocco, over the last uh, couple of decades, definitely there's been a big push, especially as the Internet has become uh, more a factor in our lives. Definitely since 2000, there's been this uh, this emphasis. And I figured at some point we would end up with a big online presence in terms of gambling. Again, us living in a town like this, gambling is just such a, a part of the culture of where we specifically live. But what, what you're talking about, a $46 billion industry and that there are people out there who see the potential of an industry without borders. You know, when you're talking about online gambling, again, living in a city where gambling is a part of, it's a part of our lives every day living here uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, but there, there are limitations. A person has to actually come to Vegas uh, in order to place bets. But when you have that availability of gambling just online, being able to literally go to sites and gamble on sports 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I mean, there is a massive, massive industry that is created by that. And so I'm not really surprised at all uh, the success of online gambling. And I would think uh, in the future that we're just going to see more growth in that area. Um, in a lot of ways, the, the betting when it comes to sports, it's almost becoming greater than the sports themselves. It's just uh, sports is an unbelievably lucrative industry at so many levels. And the, the betting ties into it uh, just as much as the actual teams and athletes that are out there playing. We're talking about sports betting here on the Sports Angle with Guy Dawson from Classy Communications. I understand that sports betting has evolved over the years and with online betting with all those sites, you know, the most popular sites out there, they definitely have made a global footprint. But what has even made more of a global footprint is that you actually, the sports betting itself, 
like just overall, like everything combined, the sports books at the casinos, you talk about uh, your bookies and everyone that, you know, for example, like in Illinois, Nevada, New Jersey, you know, the states that have been doing it for a long time. The overall global value of sports betting is $250 billion, a quarter of a trillion dollar industry is sports betting. But the greatest part about betting is that it doesn't necessarily just have to be sports. If you go to a sports book around election time, they have odds on who is going to win the a presidential election. If you have gone to a sports book when the Oscars or the Grammys are, are nearby, they even have odds for those. I mean, they have odds for almost everything now. If it's a competition, I guarantee you it is on some uh, sports book uh, board. It's up there on that sheet. So with it being a $250 billion global value in terms of industry, has betting eventually going to get into a trillion-dollar industry? When we're talking about this 50 years, 60 years down the line, will there be a T instead of a B with that value in this industry? Well, I don't even think it'll be 50 or 60 years down the line, Rocco. I could see something like that happening in the next five years. I mean, when you look at the trends, uh, again, we are uh, the globalization of sports. And uh, as you had mentioned before, uh, there's so many other things that you can, you can bet on. And the thing is, is when people set odds for things, um, it's such a lucrative industry to be in the business is almost unlimited in what you could create in order to take odds on. And so because of that, um, I would say that I could see sports betting being a trillion dollar industry uh, by 2025, maybe 2026 uh, in terms of, and you have to understand right now, we're going through a difficult period uh, across the planet. We're in the middle of a pandemic and there are so many challenges uh, for for sports and all aspects of life right now. But they're saying that the roaring 20s that we are going into right now could be very similar to the roaring 20s uh, in the 20th century. And that was uh, an incredible period of prosperity in the world. And, and so and it started out with a pandemic, by the way, very similar to what we're experiencing right now. Was, I think it was the Black Plague. Uh, back in the uh, early and late 19, it was 1919 or 1920. And, I, yep. you know, I only say this because what's basically you're seeing a repeat of history. And so we're going to be going, everyone's going to want to get out after this pandemic is over, all these changes that we're going through. And I think you're going to see a real drive for people to want to live the good life. And one of the ways that people live good life is they indulge in all types of entertainment and sports is entertainment and gambling on sports is entertainment. And that's one of the reasons why I could see a huge, huge growth uh, in the sports betting industry, in the entertainment industry in general. And part of entertainment is sports uh, in, uh, you know, 2025, 2026. Uh, it's just a prediction that, uh, that I would make. Definitely sports betting is headed to a trillion dollars and it won't be long. Well, history does repeat itself, but hey, let's hope 
that in 2029, we don't have the Great Depression Part 2. All right, let's just hope <laughs> that does not happen. Now, right, yeah. you were, yeah, we were talking about sports betting, and obviously it's become a massive industry. And in terms of entertainment, and in terms of, you know, everyone wanting to get involved in, you know, the entertainment value of it. And all of this information that I'm giving you is from apsportseditors.org. You can find all the information on there. I will post it to our social media. You'll have all those facts right there. Understand that over 50% of U.S. citizens have admitted to at least have done sports betting at one point. Over 50% and understanding the millions and millions of people who live in the United States of America. Is that a statistic that surprises you? Or is that a statistic that is something that's understandable, something that you look at and go, huh, you know what? That doesn't surprise me at all. The fact that over 50% of U.S. citizens have done sports betting at least once in their life. Yeah, it's not a stat that I'm surprised at at all. Again, when you look at the popularity of sports, and uh, and particularly in the last 30 years, the growth of the popularity uh, of sports, maybe about the last 40 years, um, and because, again, I'm old enough to remember the 70s. And sports was a big thing in the 70s, but the evolution, the growth, of, you know, the, the coverage of it um, by the media I mean, just unbelievable. Cable TV, I think, has had a lot to do with that, that massive growth and the exposure of sports to the world. Uh, these Olympic events. I mean, I was around in 1980 uh, when we had our first, uh, the, it's probably the first Olympics that I could remember as a young person. And uh, I mean, the coverage of Olympics may have been massive in 1980, and we're talking about an amateur sport. But when you're talking about the coverage of it now, I mean, it's just unbelievable. And that translates to boxing, hockey, basketball, baseball. I just think the exposure that sports has. Now we've got these other sports like soccer that has become really an international phenomenon. Again, media has really built a lot of this. Uh, and so the fact that people are betting on things that they're watching and that they enjoy and that it's entertainment, uh, I, I, I am not at all surprised at the growth that you're seeing uh, in gambling and, again, and sports gambling in particular. And, again, I would think that probably you're just going to see a greater growth in it. you got to realize that this, this legalization of online gambling across the board is still a relatively new thing. It hasn't been very many, hasn't even been a decade uh, since the legalization of online right, gambling. 18 states. That's it. Yeah. And so you're, I mean, we're just scratching the surface of gambling. And the most amazing thing to, the most amazing thing to me about sports betting has been the evolution of esports and how the last five years, there has been a huge amount of betting on esports, I mean, players who play, you know, League of Legends, Madden, NHL, NBA 2K, it's also become an industry in itself. So I have to wonder with the, po the evolution of esports, will that be something that also takes off in its own right, an own subsection of sports betting with esports? Is that going to be a big deal at some point? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Esports is huge. And uh, just really quickly, in terms of betting on things, I watched basically a play out of the whole election on esports. It was incredible to, to watch the map. And it's just, and so, yes, absolutely. I think that esports is just going to grow and grow in relevance. It's absolutely amazing. That's it, the sports angle. I'm your host, Rocco. Thanks to Guy Dawson from Classy Communications for coming on the show. Thanks to Sonar for always helping me out. So long, everyone. So, you want to be in show business. Do people tell you that you're really funny, you have a great personality, and you should have your own talk show? Many of us have been told that, but we don't know how to get started. It's easier than you think. Let the pros at Cali Vegas give you a free talent evaluation. Call 949-445-1119 and learn how quickly you can create, produce, and host your very own talk show. Imagine not having to sit in traffic every day, commuting back and forth to the same old boring job. Get started in television or radio today with your free talent evaluation from Cali Vegas. Call 949-445-1119 or visit them online at calivegas.com. Make your dream come true today and create your new career and learn how to become a television or radio star with the help of Cali Vegas. 949-445-1119. Call now. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.